Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello guys, welcome to our show. Today we discussed about getting hype and I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Michael. How are you? Hey, how are you? It's great to be here. Yeah, uh, we chatted a little bit before uh, podcast and yeah, you asked me how I found your on- online, but you know, I usually uh, find valuable content, so I consume a lot of uh, educational content if i get value so yeah for me uh i'm excited to learn more about that that's why my team can find anyone you know i don't know how they can do it you know they search for emails by using tools and reach out to great offers that's why i spoke with friend Pishkin, new Patel, many other great experts so today we have this conversation before we start just tell more about yourself experience background uh, more about uh, your main occupation it's a long story um i'll try to do it quickly <laughs> um okay so at the very core i'm a writer i always wanted to write i'm an accidental business person and things have kind of come full circle because i uh wrote a book that came out with mcgraw hill that's called the hype handbook. And we can talk a little bit about that. But um, yeah, I, I uh, had tried to play in a rock band when I was in my early 20s and had a little bit of success in that we sold out a lot of clubs and things like that, but uh, didn't work out in terms of making money. So I got a job and I was there for eight or nine years. And by the time I left, I was an executive, but I had learned a lot, but I was kind of tired of the industry and it wasn't what I wanted to do. So I left. And I became a freelance copywriter and um, I was good at that, but I wasn't really good at bringing in uh, sales and, and, and marketing myself, ironically, because that's what I do now. Um, and I tried all kinds of uh, formal marketing and none of it worked. So at a certain point when I was really at wit's end, I thought back to my band days and how we wouldn't really think of ourselves as marketers. We would think of ourselves as, as hype artists. You know, we would do all kinds of crazy antics to get attention so like for example i dressed up like a nun and i would walk around in new york and attract all kinds of attention and people would come into the club so i said to myself what if i tried to take some of that benevolent mischief and bring it into business so i so i started thinking more like a hype artist and less like a marketer and always using an ethical framework to make sure we helped people and made the world better and um you know i would i would sort of challenge gurus and and online you know online and they would respond to me like gary vaynerchuk i got him riled up you know i challenged some of his ideas and one thing led to another and i built a successful copywriting practice that turned into a marketing uh, agency and now um i wrote this book and and we run programs sort of helping people do what we've done for ourselves and our clients really drive a lot of attention and emotion so that they can sell their stuff more or less mm-hmm yeah nice love your experience especially about writing for me writing is the most important part of any content you know because without writing it's hard to get high quality valuable content it's foundation and uh, i usually tell all my customers uh, improve writing as maximum as possible because it's not about to share some valuable stuff it's more about uh, retaining audience give them a solid reason to read your content and you wrote a book 
Can you give me a solid reason to read your book and my audience as well? Because, you know, I, I love reading books. It's my, um, I think, you know, if I compare many different formats, uh, book uh, is on the first place. But, you know, uh, about other formats, I love them. But books, you know, uh, you know uh, for example, I uh, compare many different formats and I found. For example, writers usually write books like six months and year a lot, yeah? But uh, uh, to create another piece of content, like uh, writing a book article, it's like a day, two days. Uh, if you need to film a video, a few hours. But uh, books, it takes more time, so uh, much better knowledge. And uh, can you tell uh, what kind of benefits can I get in my audience by reading your book? How you can simplify my life? How you can improve the quality of life and anything about your book? You know, thanks for that opportunity. I have them laying all over the place. So I, I grabbed one. So here, here's the book. And I'll read you the subtitle because it really explains uh, the answer to your question. And then I'll expand on it. But so it's uh, tw the hype hand book is the book. And it's uh, the subtitle is 12 Indispensable Success Secrets from the World's Greatest Propagandists, Self-Promoters, Cult Leaders, Mischief Makers, and Boundary Breakers. So, so here's the thing, right? If you're in business, whether you own your own business or you're working for someone and you're working in a role where you're at least partially responsible for growing the business, we're all thinking about this thing that we often call marketing. And I, you know, in a perfect world, what marketing would be about would be getting a lot of attention so that you could make more sales. But people really overcomplicate it. It's crazy. You'll talk to marketers, professional marketers, and, and you ask them what they do. And they talk about branding and search engine optimization and engagement and this, that, and the other thing. But it's almost as if it's become more about the bu buttons you push on technology than about getting people emotionally engaged in a big way, groups of people to drive attention. And so a lot of these professional marketers and marketers inside companies and entrepreneurs aren't very good at doing what the marketing is supposed to do, which is getting sales, right? Yes. What I noticed though, is that there's a whole group of people who never in a million years think of themselves as marketers. And these are some of the early rock and hip hop managers who didn't have resources and would do all kinds of crazy stuff to get attention. Some really nasty people like cult leaders and propaganda artists, right? Um, pranksters, really crazy entrepreneurs who we all love, like Richard Branson, activists like Martin Luther King. And these people are so different, but they have a few things in common. One is that they don't think of themselves as marketers, right? They think of themselves as just doing what they need to do to get attention, to get to a goal. And they all have a very good understanding of mass psychology. It doesn't matter what technology, they could be using pen and paper, billboards, or digital technology, but what they understand are those universal triggers that we all have, especially in groups that get us so worked up that we'll follow them everywhere. And so what I thought about was, what if I could look at all of these diverse people and figure out if there were unifying principles? Is there something that Martin Luther King and the head of the Mooney cult has in common? Is there a psychological principle there that has nothing to do with what they're selling, but it's about how they're doing it. And if we distill that out and figure it out, can we reapply it ethically to sell all kinds of good stuff? And it turns out there are, you know, human beings are more alike than they are different. And we're very social and we behave the same way in groups over and over again. 
So what I've done is I distilled out 12 universal mass psychology principles that I call hype principles. So if you read it, you're not going to learn how to set up a social media campaign. You can get that anywhere. But what you will learn is why people are more attracted to um, being against an idea that when someone is against an idea, they'll go crazy and attach themselves to you. But why, when you're pushing and talking about why your idea is the greatest, people will ignore you, right? Like, or um, why you can introduce change really quickly to someone and they'll push you away. But if you slowly ease them into it before they know it, they're following you to the ends of the earth. So I talked about these universal principles that anyone can master in a variety of different forms to control crowds, really, control groups of people and hopefully do it for, for good. Because the bad guys already know how to do it. We need to put these tools <laughs> in the hands of the good guys. Okay, yeah, awesome. Yeah, by the way, can you send the link to this book? I'm going to read. Guys, you can find the link in the description below. Uh, you you, can, you uh, do have the link, Antoli, or should I send it to you? Uh, yeah, send me it to, in a private chat on the right, I'm going right to have to go on Amazon to do it, but hold on. Okay, no, no worries. Yeah, yeah take, take your time. Uh, by the way, you know, uh, let's talk about, uh, more about uh, writing the book. Uh, once I have a conversation with Jim Edwards, uh, he worked, uh, if I remember correctly, like 10 years uh, in Business Insider. And uh, they started the company from scratch. Then uh, they sold the company for $500 million, 1,000 employees. Um, many people know about Business Insider. And uh, he shared uh, about their success because they decided to create content in boring niche, non-boring content. So they found how to create business content, uh, you know, that, that's interesting to read. And I found, um, it's, uh, for example, I love reading books. And if I read Jack London, you know, it's naturally. I, I can read eight hours. Jack London, stop. yeah, he's great. Yeah, because all uh, this adventure, uh, all his books are great for me. Yeah, and uh, Yeah, uh, and uh, when I take this book, I can, you know, I can lose time. I can forget about eating, uh, water, anything. Eight hours I can read this book because I can live on this book. Uh, I'm the part of this adventure. But I found many business books are good for sleeping. You know, when you have the problem with sleeping, <laughs> well, uh, you, yeah. And uh, for example, uh, for me, it's hard to find time to read books, and I usually do it in the evening. But when I'm so tired and can take uh, such books, you know, yeah, I know it's useful, valuable, but uh, it helps me to sleep well all night, and I can I, be I more productive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell about retaining audience? Uh, how to write text that people want to read? That, uh, you know, uh, for example, uh, Jack London, when I read his books, uh, I don't want to sleep. It doesn't matter how uh, uh, many things I did before, how uh, I'm tired, because I can live on this adventure. Uh, but it's the big problem with business books because they can't retain audience. Uh, it's boring time to time. Tell about uh, retaining audience longer. It's interesting about that. You may not like what I'm going to say because, you know, um, <laughs> I feel that the problem that you're pinpointing is that there are books written by writers, people who have practiced their craft. Jack London was a writer. He was a genius. He was a literary guy. He wasn't a business person first. A lot of business books 
are written by business people who want to put their ideas down and we can't be good at everything. So why they know how to put words on a page, they've practiced over the years on their business, not in writing right now. There are, there are exceptions to this. Um, I, I, by the way, I'm sorry, this link is so long here. I just cut and pasted it from, uh, but, um, I think, you know, um, I, I've been fortunate in that people have given me compliments on the book that it's a quick read and that, and that it has a lot of good stories and that it reads a little bit like a novel. And I think the advantage that I had was that I didn't want to be a business person. I'm an accidental business person. I wanted to be a novelist and I practiced writing for years and then I wrote songs. So when I, I love books on a very deep level, a lot of business people, God bless them, but they read books only to learn. And that's important. It's important to read books to learn, but they have no inherent love of books. It's a vehicle for education. Whereas for me, the book's been very, very important for my business. And I've spent a lot of time in my business, but I've, lo I've wanted to do books since I was a kid. So when I wrote this book, I waited for the right idea. I wasn't going to just write some business book that like someone could use as a business card. I wanted to create a book that would stand on its own merits as a book, not just as a vehicle to learn. And I, I hope I've succeeded. Some people said that I have. For people who want to put a book out in the world, you know, it's it's challenging. I don't know how to teach people that. It's kind of like, you know, everyone thinks they can be a writer now because everybody is online and it's so easy to write. You can publish anything. But remember, there was a time that to get your writing in print, you had to be really, really good because there were a million people controlling the printing presses telling you no. So you would never say to, uh, you know, somebody, how do I uh, learn to draw in a way that's better than stick figures? Because artists are craftsmen. So you can become decent, you can become better, but I think it's a real skill and a craft that takes practice. And, and you have to have a little bit of talent to, to write in an entertaining way that's also informative. And I, some people do it well. Some people need help. Some people need to hire somebody to, to help them yeah, do it. Yeah, I love it. I, I, you know, I couldn't agree more with that because, you know, uh, I can read a hundred books how to play soccer, but if I don't play, if yeah, I don't hit right, this ball, right, right, I don't right. know, I, any books can help with that. So it's important. Yeah, and, to and I want to say that's a great analogy. And then I'll even add to that. So you might practice thousands of hours playing soccer and you're going to be way better than the person that didn't play soccer but you're also never going to be as good as a FIFA player unless you have raw talent as well, right? So it's a lot of levels. You can be terrible. You can be competent. You can be pretty good, but only some people are going to have that knack. And I don't even know if I'm there. I hope so. I hope I did that mm -hmm. job, but I'm, you know, it's, it's, that's a lifelong quest, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, uh, passion can help to get this talent uh, when you're passionate about something, even 100%. if you are so, if you are so bad, you know, I, I usually tell someone uh, when I, I got this question a few times, for example, uh, I'm not good with my, uh, compared to many experts, but I love this topic. So do it, do it. You know, uh, uh, we, uh, you told about Gary Vaynerchuk and he uh, often shares about that. 
practice acting doing something instead of uh, i don't know overlearning instead of overthinking instead of uh, many other things because uh, uh, i like learning but 20% of my time yeah i can learn something but 80% of my time i can act i can implement but people have short memory and they can forget uh, new skills for a few days for me i can forget for a few hours you know because many other things to do so uh when i take another thing i can forget completely about new skills but if you implement them if you test them if you search for something that works for you why not you can achieve results yeah i agree with that completely and i, 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 I want to yeah. add one thing if you don't mind i i also think it's yeah. very very important to know what you're good at because you most people very much including me good at one two or three things right i mean so um if you're really good at writing and being compelling and really good at coming up with ideas why become a great operations person why become a great finance person go surround yourself with those people right and and it works the other way i'll see these um people who start in um engineering oriented companies a startup and they're such good developers and such good programmers but they're trying to figure out how to write an entertaining business book or how to market themselves how to draw attention they should go out and get a great marketer they should go out and, and get a great ghostwriter you know they're, they're you you everyone who tries to do everything is going to be mediocre at everything right yeah yeah, 100%. You know, uh, all first my articles, videos uh, are mediocre. You know, you, you can't start even uh, less than average uh, data. And But I found, for example, PewDiePie, uh, he filmed 100 videos right. to get 285 subscribers. Uh, Mr. Beast filmed videos an year and a half to get first thousand subscribers is that right and, mr beast that's crazy yeah that he yeah did. Yeah. yeah and yeah. year and half to get only thousand subscribers right now he has uh, i don't remember plus a hundred million subscribers oh i mean he was uh, on the cover of rolling stones cutie pie 2 is massive yeah they're the biggest so we all think that yeah. it happened automatically but it took a ton of work yeah and a, ton, a ton of content and you never know what's going to hit you have to do a lot of experiments to figure out what's going to work yeah exactly exactly and uh let's talk about hype um you know i i often get this question uh how to create viral content how to get this hype you know uh for me it's hard to reply to this question and if uh for example i love uh, to learn from other content creators and i found that people who create content consistently uh almost every single day who uh you know who create a lot of content at scale they can uh, get hype time to time and uh, i got uh, a few times in my post on linkedin uh, like 300 000 views uh you know right. uh, but i never expected to get this results i just posted 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 and as a post that brought these results uh i didn't know that this post can bring this result because yeah, exactly. uh, yeah I, I i felt it's just uh, another post nothing special but i i just share value help others uh, but sometimes i can get it can you tell about hype how to uh yeah to get this hype uh, from your experience so i think that everything you're saying it, it part of it's about consistency and part of it's about doing experiments so mm -hmm. 
I when when um a new client, not a client, but a prospect, someone who's thinking about working with us comes to me, I always say the same thing and they always laugh. I always say um there are a lot of great marketing agencies out there, but I'll admit one thing that almost even the biggest marketing agencies want to admit. No one else admits and they say what is that? And I say that marketers, including me, have no idea what they're doing. And then I pause for a minute and they laugh. And I said, well, really, I said, you can have an understanding and a knack for the psychological drivers that drive people. You can have a knack for figuring it out. You can understand the technology. But the idea that you're going to just do A plus B plus C, put up a sales funnel, put a ticking clock and it's going to work like it did for the last guy is ridiculous. The market conditions have changed. Everything is different. And the same is for an article. You can look at a Ryan Holiday article or a Gary Vaynerchuk article and copy the structure completely with your own stuff and it'll get 42 views. You know what I mean? So here's how I think about it. There are mass, what I think about is as this word hype and I define it a little bit differently. I, I just define it as any sort of activity that gets groups of people highly emotional so that they'll take the action you want them to take. There are, there are broad strategies, right? Like that there are, there are both, there are broad concepts that if you understand them, you'll make better decisions about what experiments to do. So where some people go wrong is they read somewhere. It's important to be consistent. So they just type any article about anything. And then they wonder why it's not working. It's not working because you're just typing random stuff that has nothing. You have no understanding of what you're writing headlines that don't trigger people's anger or hat or, or laughter. You know that you can do content consistently. You can do consistent garbage. You know what I mean? And it'll never soar. Yeah. But once you understand those principles, the goal is to understand that you, like you said, you never know what specific execution is going to work. So you go out and you do experiments that are bold, that are creative, that are interesting, hopefully that other people aren't doing, but that are small enough so that if that you're not putting a lot of resources into them and if they don't work, you cut them and move on to the next one. And so that if they're, if it's a bad idea, you aren't falling on your face in front of the world, right? So we see this stuff with Kanye West right now. He's an idiot and a jerk and all of that. But put that aside. The problem is he's saying his horrible, hateful things in front of 50 million people. If he had said that in front of 200 people and saw that everyone thought he was a jackass and an idiot, he never would have said it again. Well, he would have because he's a lunatic, but most people would have just tried it. And after they lost this, you know, they, they wouldn't have done it again. But he went so big that he literally lost $600 million of net worth in a day. Don't do the equivalent of that. If you have a really bold idea, try that idea. It's the bold idea. It's risk return. An article might get you views, but doing something over the top and interesting and crazy, that's what makes people millionaires. That's what makes people yeah. go viral. But nine out of 10 of those ideas, 99 out of 100 will flop. And you don't want to flop in, in front of 100 million people or even 10,000 people. You want to flop in front of 200. And then if you succeed in front of 200, then you put more resources in, more, more, more. So be creative, do a lot of experiments, understand math psychology, but 
go small first, cut the bad ones, and then scale up. And that's how hype happens. It's not by doing what everyone else does. That's where people goes wrong. You can't model um, promotion and marketing. You can model concepts and triggers and psychology. But if you try to just follow the herd with that stuff, you'll get swallowed up. Yeah, yeah. So valuable. I think it's important to play by rules. If you know the rules, so if you create uh, stuff that are not against rules, yeah, uh, you uh, nothing can happen, you know, bad. And for me, it's better to create bad content than uh, don't create any content. For example, you can write. I, I agree with that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, bad, but not bad content. I'm going to push back a little. Okay. <laughs> if here's the problem that I have with that, I, I see certain people. Rule guidelines are important. Principles are important. But if you're too rigid with rules, you get in a lot of trouble. Like I know somebody who is just very convinced about continuity and content. And for years, he's been posting articles three times a week or whatever. And they're very boring. And they're very middle of the road. And they're based on nothing they're just like everyone else's and he just thinks he, and the problem is he could be using that time for something else because he's doing the wrong thing consistently so it would be better for him to take a break from that and say what can i do consistently that's going to get people engaged or worked up or whatever yeah. and, and even if he took three weeks off and maybe tried something really bold and interesting once a week instead of three times a week. I'm not sure the three times a week of boring stuff in a world where there are there's more content produced in one day than in all of or in a year than in all of human history combined. I mean, it's like throwing a cork into the Pacific Ocean. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and you know, uh, once I got advice. Uh, uh, to fill a hundred bad videos, you know, because, uh, for example, yeah. why many can, uh, content creators, uh, according to a few studies, content creators don't feel the second, uh, most content creators don't feel the second video, <laughs> don't record the second podcast, don't write the second article because they, they created something terrible in the first one. Guys, Really, I don't know how to create an awesome first article, you know, without any experience. I don't know how to film great video without any experience. It's the same like kids, you know, when they're trying to walk, how they can do yeah, it without 100%, experience. 100%. Yeah. Well, well so Anatoly, tell me if you agree with this. I think it's better to put out bad content that's interesting than to put out professional content that's boring. Ah, you know, I, my opinion uh, that uh, bad content doesn't exist uh, at all. Right. I, I don't believe that bad content exists. So for me, uh, bad content uh, is uh, only for uh, getting experience. Uh, and okay. when you have this experience, you can improve uh, the next time the quality of your But you content. have to improve. You have to learn. That's the difference. Yeah. If, you, if you're creating really boring middle-of-the-road content and then five years later, you're creating boring middle-of-the-road content that's not getting a reaction, 
that's the problem. You always have to start out bad, right? To your point, you have a, I mean, you can't start out. Some people wait to be perfect and they grow old before they do anything, right? But you got to learn. You've got to look at the reactions you're getting. Yeah, once I met a content creator who posted content six months without even one like and uh, comments, you know, just posted, posted every single day. That was boring, not interested. Then something magic happened, you know, <laughs> so people started to pay attention to his content because he got experience. He got what he learned. Uh, of, yeah, he learned like six months, uh, a long time. I agree. But, you know, for me, it's more important to enjoy the process. When you enjoy creating content, you can get results in some time. Yeah, no, uh, so it, yeah. it's it's not about a hundred followers or a thousand, a million followers. It's more about enjoying the process. For example, if you get a million followers but you don't enjoy it, what? I I'm not sure that you need it. So uh, yeah, a million sure. followers I, can't. I yeah, yeah, can't help you. But uh, that's why, for example. Uh, if someone tell me, uh, you know, uh, it takes time to create content, it hurts my feeling, uh, I am suffering, I tell them, leave it. It's Don't not for it. you. Find yeah, something sure. else. Yeah. yeah many, yeah, many great things you can do. Okay, let's talk about writing skills. Can you tell from your experience how to improve this writing skills? Because I found many book offers, you know, they usually are great with sharing stories. Uh, to craft the story and uh, they know how to write uh, uh, tell your tips how to do it you know to improve writing skills well for for me i mean you obviously i mean stephen king said it best stephen king wrote a book on writing called on writing which um is great and he said the secret to writing well better getting better at writing is two it's two things write a lot and read a lot um yeah. so i mean first of all you have to practice like anything else but reading is important. And I don't mean just business books. You know, you, you I meet a lot of people uh, who are, I read a lot. I love to read. And what they mean by they love to read is they love to read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and um, Atomic Habits and these, these technical guides in their business because they, or biographies of great figures in business. And all of that's important. But the problem with that is that you're, you're, you're not reading to become a better writer. You're reading to learn things about your business and about yourself. And that's valuable, but great writing, you know, imagine if you met a musician, you know, a guitar player uh, who was like, I want to become the greatest guitar player better. I practice scales. And you say, what bands do you like? What music do you like? I don't really have time to listen to music. I, I, I watch YouTube videos on learning how to play because that way I'm not wasting my time. Like, so you don't like, any like you don't listen to the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, modern indie rock. No, no, that would be a waste of time. I'm learning, um, I'm reading books on how to be a better guitar player and watching YouTube. You'd be like, this isn't not what do you mean? You're you're an idiot. I mean, you're not a musician, you know. So people want to be at better at writing, and they haven't read a fiction book in 10 years, they haven't read a book of philosophy, they haven't read a, a damn comic book, you know. You're never gonna be because you're not working, you're not expanding your imagination you're not learning how people play with words the best writers are not business writers typically with a few no. examples so you got to read you know i mean that expands your imagination and you got to learn to love to read and if you can't learn to love to read you should probably hire a writer that's okay you don't have to do everything no. but if, if you're not into words and into stories 
you know, you're not going to do it. And research, you know, one of the things that helped me with my book is that I read very widely. So I would read books about crazy cults and about rock managers and all of this. And whenever I found a cool story, I would underline it and make a note card about it. And I used all of that stuff. But if I had only read business books, I wouldn't have had any of those stories. I would have had a bunch of yeah. positive thinking quotes, which wouldn't have done really well for my book. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So valuable. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, yeah. You need to practice and you need to read. Yeah. Totally agree with that. And and a lot. Uh, I mean, if you want to be a good reader, you have to read in your free time. I mean, not just to learn. Yeah. You got to like kind of learn to love to read and learn to love to write. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Once I got a question uh, from someone, uh, someone asked me if I listen uh, all uh, your podcast episodes, can I be a good marketer? I replied, no, you, you can't because right. it's not about learning. It's more about implementing. It's better to choose 5% of episodes, not 100%. Choose uh, some interesting topics uh, for the sake of getting ideas, for the sake of getting right, the exactly. way where you need to go. So yeah, learn from experts because many great experts share their uh, ideas and then you need to implement to practice that. So, yeah. And, and you need to mess up. The way I think about it is, you know, human beings are pattern making machines, right? Mm -hmm. But you need raw material. That's how creativity happens. Like the Wright brothers, people don't realize this, the way they invented the uh, airplane, they, they were um, bicycle, uh, a bicycle shop owner when bicycles were a new technology and everyone else was doing all this high flown aerospace stuff, but they figured out that the lightweight frame of the bicycle and the way it cut through the air could be reapplied to aerospace, which they invented. So I think to, the way I do things is I stuff my brain full of stuff because you can't work, you can't light a fire without kindling. So I read business stuff, I listen to podcasts, but I read novels, I read history, I watch movies, and then I let it simmer and then I act and then I try things based on the connections yeah. that are made. And a lot of it fails, but the things that succeed, I put more energy behind. But if you have an empty brain, if, 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 I don't mean an empty brain, like you're stupid, but like, I mean, if, if you haven't put the raw clay into your mind and don't do that on a regular basis, that should be the purpose of the learning, not to follow a recipe like your friend who, who called you and said, can I learn step-by-step? Step? No, you should stuff your brain full of stuff and then try things based on the ideas that come up. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Okay, let's talk about another important element. Uh, be yourself. For example, you, you mentioned that it's better to stand out from the rest, to be creative. Uh, but I found many content creators copy others. You know, they just uh, yeah. write, rewrite existing content, recreate. But it's the same like to watch a movie with the same plot and i always ask my friends about uh tell me about a new movie uh give me feedback and uh they often reply the same plot i i i watch the same movie it's not interesting and people are not interested to get the same and, and i remember when uh, someone asked garvey can i be a new garvey he replied people don't need a new garvey they need yeah, he's right. Someone new, you know. Gary V. Gary V. is taken, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tell about uh, how to find yourself, how to be yourself, uh, creating content. I, I happen to have really strong opinions on this. Um, you know, um, I think 
when I wrote about this actually in the hype handbook, because the people that I call hype artists do this really well. A really good trick is instead of trying to be, you know, promote those things that are strengths in yourself. A lot of people probably share your same strengths. Like there are a lot of good writers. I'm a good writer. So I could go around talking about how I'm a good writer, but that won't stand out. But a lot of times your weaknesses and your insecurities are actually, you can flip them into strengths. So Gary Vee is a great example, right? So what people often forget now is that he started in the wine business. He was, um, and I use examples in the book from Thomas Edison, who did this, all kinds of people. But I'll talk about Gary Vee, who I didn't write about. This is a guy who um, started in the wine business. His dad owned, you know, a liquor distributorship. And I think they did like three million a year, but he took it and really grew it. And he built this pretty brilliant thing called Wine Library TV, where he got up and he talked about wines and um, really grew his father's business into this online company. Now, how did he do it? Everything about him in the wine business could have been seen as a weakness. If you think about how wine is traditionally seen, it's a sommelier. So it's somebody who comes up to your table with that medallion dressed in a suit or a tuxedo. They talk in very exalted tones. They know about the, the Lindenberry extraction of the da-da-da, very fancy, aged thing. And it's a very exalted thing. Gary V is this, is this like New Jersey guy who curses, who doesn't shave, you know, who, who, you know, he looks like he just rolled out of bed in the morning. He's pretty obnoxious in a lot of ways. He, um, he He's an immigrant, right? So, I mean, you know, a lot of these people are from these hollowed backgrounds, you know, and, and, and he's an immigrant from, from, from Belarus. He's not from the coasts of Italy, you know what I mean, where the wines are grown or France, right? He, um, he has sort of like a hardcore business, crude personality. He wears hoodies. He doesn't talk about fancy things. He talks about kind of fast food. All of that could have been a negative. He could have come up and been like, you know, guys, um, mm, you know, and, and tried to be that fancy guy. Those were all weaknesses. And he flipped them into strengths. He said, I'm going to be the guy who I'm the wine guy for bros. There are all these people who don't appreciate wine because they're intimidated by it. So we would get up there and curse in his hoodie and he would say, this thing reminds me of cinnamon toast crunch, you know, da, 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 da. <laughs> and he blew it up. So what I tell people to do clients, the first thing we do is write down all of your weaknesses. So I'll give you an example and find them the strength. So like Thomas Edison <coughs> invented the idea of the hardworking um, inventor. Before him, scientists were mainly like gentlemen who worked like four hours a day, like Charles Darwin. The reason he did that was because he was partially deaf and he was kind of cranky and didn't really like dealing with investors and the press. He wasn't gregarious at all. So he turned that into a strength. So he would put stories in the press about how he couldn't come out of his lab because he had been working for 30, you know, 20 hours straight. And so he became this mad scientist. So now being a cranky jerk who couldn't deal with investors, everyone wanted to invest in him. So like, and even me. So um, I'm sort of a people pleaser. And for years, I didn't like that about myself. I really like to be liked. I don't like to offend people. And in business, I always heard that's a terrible trait. You have to be hard driving. You have to negotiate real hard. And that makes me nervous. So what did I do? I turned it into this um, 
in two ways it's helped me. I'm really good at getting prominent people to take me under their wing. So when I was starting my career, I'll get millionaires and billionaires to sort of like father me a little bit. And then publicly, I'm talking about all of these scummy people who you can learn from. If I was a Gary Vaynerchuk, it would never work. People would say I was a con artist. But since I'm kind of like an aw shucks kind of guy, I can talk about these people in an aw shucks kind of way. And it seems like the professor is helping you dissect these things. So I've turned what I for years thought of as a weakness as part of my public persona. And it's very much who I am. So I would say, write down all the things you're insecure about, write down all your weaknesses, and then say, what's the flip side of that? And then you'll really be yourself publicly and it'll really stand out. That has worked for so many clients that, that, that I yeah. know. So valuable. Yeah, I agree. And, and I usually tell uh, to my clients, consider your strong side. For example, if you're not good with writing and you don't like it, so you consume videos. Why not? <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that as well. Yeah. That comes back to like that whole thing we were saying about why are you, everyone's trying to become a better writer. Well, why? You know, if yeah. you're not a good writer, I mean, get a writer, focus on what you're good at. Yeah. And you mentioned about Edison, what I love about him that um, someone asked him uh, about failures and he replied, that he found 10,000 things that uh, didn't work for him. So, right. uh, yeah, for me, it's really hard to count how many times I failed, how many times I made mistakes, some of them terrible, costly mistakes, but I've learned, uh, I got experience, and uh, I analyzed a few mistakes and got it that on this time, I couldn't uh, choose another decision because of my limited skills without experience. So. I did try it. <laughs> I've learned yeah, from that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, that's how you have to do it. Okay, Michael, it's a big pleasure to get my show, to learn from you. You share a lot of valuable insights. It's so fun. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, I mean, so the 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 very best way to find out about me is if you uh, go to that link or go get the hype handbook on Amazon. Uh, that's where I give away all my secrets. And it's funny, even very selfishly, the people who read that book, if they're going to hire me and hire us, they do it through that because they they see the ideas in there and then they reach out. Right. Um, but, you know, if you want to if you want to reach me in, in other ways, um, uh, I'm at microfamemedia.com and I'll put my email in there, too. So it's uh, microfamemedia.com. Uh, dot com and anyone can email me about anything if you like these ideas and just want to chat about it uh it'd be my absolute pleasure yeah if you really want all my secrets uh check out the book it's, it's all in there <laughs> okay guys you can find all these links in the description below listen us on apple google spotify thanks again for your time a big pleasure so valuable love it guys you need to follow you need to read this book because i'm going to read this book i want to learn the secrets and i recommend 100 to read this book okay guys love you see you thanks for listening to this entire podcast please rank your experience in apple spotify google or any other platforms that you may use also please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift we'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.